Welcome to Level with Emily Reese. This is music Bonnie Bogovich co-composed, and she also sings on for the game I Expect You to Die. More from Bonnie in just a moment. Also, after Bonnie, at the end, we want to tell you about a game that we've fallen in love with, so stick around. We'd hoped to share also on this episode our interview with Niels by Nielsen, who most recently wrote music for 2016's Hitman. We're waiting on some stuff from Niels and look forward to sharing that interview with you. It's the first one he's done, so we're pretty excited about that. A couple weekends ago, Sam and I got to go to L.A. for an event and concert with the American Youth Symphony. The concert was at Royce Hall on the UCLA campus. It was called Game Changer, and the concert featured two classical works and three video game music suites. I was invited to do a pre-concert chat with the game composers and with Chuck Dowd, who's the director of music for Sony here in the U.S. So composer T.K. Furukawa shared music from The Last Guardian. We'll actually be talking with him soon about the music for that game for a future episode of Level, so that's exciting. Jason Graves brought music from The Order 1886. Austin Wintry was there with music from Journey. So the American Youth Symphony is an ensemble full of students from high school and all stages of college from all around the world, and my goodness, can they play. The cool thing about the show is that the game composers chose the classical music that the symphony played. So Austin chose the four C interludes from an opera called Peter Grimes. Peter Grimes is the first opera that British composer Benjamin Britten wrote in the early 1940s. Jason and TK both chose the Firebird Suite by Igor Stravinsky. Stravinsky rightly became an overnight international star when that ballet debuted in Paris in 1910. 
So this event was basically like a dream come true for us because the concert paired video game music along with classical music, both on one show. We're fans of that. There's a decent chance we'll get audio from the show. I'm not sure which audio. I would imagine maybe just the pre-concert chat. Uh, we're told it'll be several weeks, so we'll let you know because that pre-concert chat with TK and Austin, Jason and Chuck was great, great fun. We were honored to be invited and are hopeful that more events like that are coming soon. Okay, this week you'll hear from Bonnie Bogovich. She's an audio lead and does all sorts of audio-related things. Like she was the audio lead at Shell Games for several years. She writes music, she sings, she makes puppets. She collaborates with loads of other musicians kind of in the video game music world. She writes video game-themed operas, all kinds of game audio goodness. You got away again you must think you're so clever I promise you, agent Can't escape me forever We're playing a game You take from me, I take from you But every game ends And when this one is through I expect you to die I guess in game audio, I'm, I'm most known for, uh, I was the audio lead at Shell Games for about five and a half years until this fall. So I did a, a lot of VR projects while I was down there. Music, uh, most notably, we did I Expect You to Die uh, last year. And I'm really proud of the theme song we came up with because it's currently up for a nomination of Best Song of the Year with the Gang Awards across my fingers for two <laughs> weeks from now. Aside from that, I'm a regular contributor with the Materia Collective, which I think you may have talked to some members of that Definitely. on your podcast already. Definitely. Yeah, we've been pretty busy over the last <laughs> year. I think we're at like 11 albums now. And um, through that, I'm, I'm a big choir aholic where usually any chance I can get to sing in a massive pile of people doing choir uh, I like to do that I've done some jazz pieces on there and um, I'm also kind of semi known for running a group of imaginary chicken puppets called the <laughs> block choir <laughs> so uh, on, on the materia albums every now and then there's a track sung by what sounds like a bunch of muppet show chickens and uh those those are mine that's my herd we're up to like a membership of maybe 37 <laughs> chickens around the world that send me their tracks I guess beyond that, also, uh, I'm one of the people who founded the Super Smash Opera Project. Mm -hmm. It's a uh, musical spoof parody yet semi-educational show that we developed to be performed at MAGFest, the music and gaming festival in D.C. And it, it came down to we, me and my friends are a bunch of opera folks who wish we had something we could perform on stage, so we ended up just writing a show about uh, Super Smash Brothers, the video game series, except... All of the music is from public domain uh, classical opera. Nice. So we quote, I think, like 21 pieces of classical music in 45 minutes. Hmm. Uh, and it's all in English. But our our website on the side educates people on where all the samples came from so they can learn more about Mozart and Bizet, Wagner. Nice. We, we do a lot of Wagner. So Ganondorf then scoffs my strength and virtue. Why, I'm a woman, 
and we're currently writing a, a sequel, which I'm very Excellent. excited about. Excellent. So hopefully we will premiere that at next MAGFest. My goodness. And because I think we talked about body parts briefly, I also helped write a, um, a zombie opera <laughs> a couple years ago <laughs> with Elizabeth Rischel, um, who's also in Smash Opera. And it's, we, well, we live in Pittsburgh, and yeah. that's George Romero home turf. So we ended up doing a uh, community-supported multimedia opera presentation kind of original story of a bunch of kids in college trying to survive the zombie apocalypse and they run around through Pittsburgh and <laughs> sing about it. Um, <laughs> and that just had its six year anniversary. So it's kind of like, I guess I'm game audio with a lot of weird singing and also opera stuff and, and, and puppetry too, because between the chickens who have their own music video now, <laughs> I have also done creature design for some shows. I've designed some oh, large-scale puppets. Um, I did the magic flute a couple of years ago. I got to make the 30-foot giant serpent that tries nice. to eat the lead tenor at the beginning. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and all the Papageno birds. game I'm currently working on. I'm, I'm lucky I was able to get pulled in with by Alex Brandon to help with Fus Funky Rustic is his audio company. We've been doing um, sound design for Avon Colony, mm -hmm. which just announced that it's going to be ported to Xbox One and PlayStation 4. So I'm very excited about that. Yeah. And there's a beta up. And I, yeah. I was hoping against all hope that that meant there was a beta on the PS4. And so I was looking into that and that's not the case yet. But, but I feel like it's too recent, but I'm hoping yep. they push that. Yeah. Yeah, but it looks like a great game, and I've heard some of Alex's music for that. And did you say you're composing or doing some sound design uh, for that? I'm I'm doing some sound design. I also have a little. I I have some voice acting cameos, as I think I'm a uh, the voice of one of the buildings <laughs> announcement systems. Oh, nice. But yeah, I've been doing a lot of the environmental stuff. Sure, uh, sure. ships and things. Stuff that I can't fully talk about until it's out, but a lot of pew pew and space space. And nice. <laughs> it's like SimCity in a distant future on planets is kind of how I've been sort of trying to describe <laughs> that game to people. Let's talk about I Expect You to Die because uh, you wrote the the theme for it and as you mentioned, you're up for a gang award and you know, for those not familiar with the gang awards, those are... Uh, that's an awards uh, show that happens during GDC uh, from mm -hmm. the Game Audio Network Guild. So, so yeah, tell us, uh, congratulations on that. And I'm uh, very excited. Yeah, thank you. Tell me uh, about the song. We've been kind of talking about it as a, a past labor of love. It's one of those things where when you're working on a game and you become a fan of the game that you start tinkering with side ideas. Like, what if there mm -hmm. was... You know, some cool James Bond intro. Wouldn't that be kind of neat? It is a James Bond with telekinesis game. <laughs> it was uh, me. Uh, Connor Fallon actually, I think, started the seed in our brains. He was one of the designers on I Expect You to Die, and he started talking to me and Tim Roscoe, who's the other audio, who was the other audio designer at Shell, saying, "Hey, music people, what do you think? There <laughs> should be a theme song. I have this idea for credits and." Maybe I could build a scene and stuff would like fly by you like it does in the James Bond bit. And he started pitching it and early on the game uh, team itself wasn't as big on there won't be time to focus on that. We should just, you know, have a basic game and just the normal title. But uh, 
we kept working on it on the side because it just wouldn't go away. And Connor started <laughs> messaging me and Tim. <laughs> he would actually send us voicemails. Like, what about this melody? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, but what about... <laughs> and uh, it was just this thing that off and on over, I think, a series of months, suddenly there was a page of lyrics in a Google Doc, you know, and we started tweaking it. I got inspired, like, on my lunch break one day. Like, oh, man, I have it. And I ran into the booth before I ate my lunch because you don't want to burp lyrics. But I, <laughs> yeah. I, I sang, like, what I consider the first pass of what it could be using the existing bits. And in the end, we kept, I think, 80% of that structure because it just wow. kind of came. It was just neat when you have an idea and you're like, i got to record it before it goes away. Yep. And um, Tim got really psyched. And after we narrowed down for sure, like the melodic structure, he did um, the instrumental arrangement underneath it. And we ended up with what was like a song. So in the after hours for a month or so, he was tweaking the arrangement. And I was coming to realize that, oh, God, I wrote something in a low alto part. And I'm normally a soprano, <laughs> but I recorded the demo when I was having a cold. So I was like, all right, time to get my alto pants on. Here we go. <laughs> and uh, I think we were recording one night. We stayed after, and by 9 p.m. we had my rough take. And then Tim and me, we recorded uh, some choir backup stuff that he had an idea for. Mm -hmm. And once we uh, got that into the credit sequence that Connor was playing with, which at the start was a little rough, but it was neat. He had all, all the props floating by dramatically, and <laughs> it was all timed to like beats in the music. Finally, the VPs looked at it and they were like, whoa, this this could work. And we actually got a small amount of budget to actually take it to a recording studio to record better vocals. We pulled together people we knew, like um, Tim sings in a group called the Yinzer Singers, which is a Pittsburgh word. <laughs> and he brought in a couple backup singers through there. We pulled in some of our friends from Materia Collective, Doug Perry who's a fabulous percussionist. He plays percussion on there. Uh, we got John Robert Matz to do horns. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of great that we were able to pull in folks that we were comfortable working with sure. already through all the material tracks. You got away again You must think you're so clever I promise you, agent Can't escape me forever The art of the title website uh, recently posted an info blurb including some sound bites of the early versions of the song if you want to hear if you want to oh, hear fun. if you want to hear me going like hey here's the thing i came up with on my lunch break they actually posted that oh, so i can share that link with you if Please you want do. definitely it's, it's kind of scary to hear like the early version of something but <laughs> it's neat that they saved all that stuff i expect you to die You said you went to Duquesne, mm -hmm. and why did you go the music technology route? I actually thought that I would end up studying theater, which is which is bizarre, but I, I do a lot of bizarro theater projects. I changed my mind at the last minute once my high school started getting finale and having an actual music technology program, and the professor who uh, developed that program came from mm -hmm. Duquesne, and he recommended that I check out the school 
since it wasn't on my radar before because they had started having a music technology program at Duquesne University. So when I went to tour the school, they also announced <laughs> there that they were going to develop a five, what's, well, it was called a 4-1 program, trying to encourage more music students and composition students to get a further study in multimedia and okay. to advance what they, you know, take what they knew and to throw it into an actual medium, one, that could hopefully make money with jobs, and two, <laughs> to, you know, to let them play more and see how far they can push all the audio stuff they've learned into video and games and mm -hmm. presentations. So I was like, that sounds like a great challenge. And I wasn't thinking music could ever be a paying job, but music tech and actually having a background in audio engineering plus composition from just that and the opportunity to start my master's early and take some much more in-depth, harder courses in multimedia. It was just too tempting, so I gave it a go. And it was... Very busy. I did not have much free time for about five years. <laughs> but when I popped out, uh, I had a lot of experience in both multimedia tech and music and audio. And I was able to run with that for a while. I actually went back to theater and um, worked with a bunch of performing arts troops that work off of click track systems with projection art. I was with a group called Squonk Opera for a while, um, <laughs> Attack Theater, because my music knowledge and everything helps follow along with shows and different compositional elements, plus the click track runs the live bands, and multimedia bit had me going with the projection stuff. So it was kind of neat. But then when the arts started to kind of fall, whenever funding dried up, I think about the uh, mid to late 2000s, yeah. where the you know, it all just kind of went poof and everyone was struggling, I went back to focusing more on direct computer work and taking on contracting stuff for um, sound for independent film. I did audio design and multimedia stuff for um, some museum exhibits. There's a place called the Heinz History Museum in Pittsburgh. <laughs> it's one of the Smithsonian things. So I got to do weird display editions for things like they had Electro from the World's Fair who smokes cigarettes and has a robot dog. So I did, <laughs> I did you know, displays for things like that. And slowly, I kept picking up more and more game work because people would be like, I need an audio person. She does audio. So they would pass <laughs> my name around. And that slowly added up to what was like a portfolio. So hooray. Yes. And while I was working on the zombie opera project, we had a bunch of filmed elements in our show. And uh, we had big crowds of people covered in fake blood going, rah. <laughs> and some of the folks there ended up being people who work at Shell Games, which was great. So I had some contacts into an actual game company mm -hmm. through the weird theater world and everything else. So whenever a position opened up to do sound at an actual game company, well, you know, why not? And, and luckily, things worked out, and I ended up getting a lot of really in-depth experience while I was there. Nice. But it's neat that, like, <laughs> you. I don't think I ever thought doing... A composition degree, you know, at Duquesne would ever lead to video games because that was not really on the radar, I think, mm -hmm. of a lot of educational professionals back then. It was sure. kind of you might do film <laughs> or you might do advertising or you might teach composition. There you go. That's that's your options. So I'm doing a talk during the Narrative Summit 
I originally had proposed it to maybe happen during the audio uh, boot camp, but they said it was it, it was more narrative. And then someone told me, oh, no one ever gets an audio talking to the narrative summit. It's never been done. Wow. So, hey, guys. I'm actually co-speaking uh, with a coder that I worked with on a project on it's a talk called Telling Story Through Sound, Building an Interactive Radio Play. Okay. It's me and uh, programmer Mike Lee talking about how last year, while I was at Shell, we did a Jam Week project, which was an interactive radio play based on Sherlock Holmes for the uh, Amazon Echo. So it was an audio-only adventure game that you choose all the paths just by speaking to the device. And, and there's a lot of really talented people working around the office that also have great voices, and, I would, and they like doing voice acting randomly. So we pulled folks together, and we figured out who was Sherlock, who was Watson. <laughs> I have a little cameo as Irene Adler in there. And we made uh, an experience that's free to play on any Alexa-enabled device, like the Echo, the Echo Dot, mm -hmm. Fire Tablets. And it takes maybe 20, 25 minutes and we wrote a paper about it for the company blog about what it was like to design something just for sound and the benefits like you you know the you can be blind and play our game which i was very happy like to make something that anyone with you know, physical disabilities they can't play stuff with controllers you can still play right. our game because you just need your mouth wow. but it was nice that uh i feel audio is usually mis miss and underrepresented in a lot of game development. But whenever you make a game that is 80% audio, <laughs> it's like our time to shine. There's no, yeah. you know, there's no visual or rendering issues. It's all just sound. So wow. it was one of my favorite projects I worked on last year. And I'm glad that uh, Mike, Lee, and I did a pitch to see if maybe people would want to hear us talk about it. And I'm excited that we're going to do it. So... That should be fun. Uh, and I guess the uh, the other talk I'm doing is for the audio boot camp on Tuesday. And it's <laughs> it's called mm. Party of One, How to Be, quote, the audio department, unquote. And it's sort of a retrospective of once I started at Shell, there hadn't been an audio person there for one for like a couple months because the previous one had moved on to another job. Mm -hmm. So there was stuff to do. And at that time, there was... I'm trying to think of numbers, maybe like 20s, 30s people in the office. During my time there, it went from that to about 110 people. Wow. But for four years of that, it was just me oh, <laughs> as, wow. the, as the audio department. So it's sort of, I learned a lot of ways to stay sane and keep organized and try to do your best to represent that you are still technically a department and a mm -hmm. lead if you're mm -hmm. the only one in your skill set. So, uh, a couple of folks, I think Scott Selfin encouraged me to maybe do a little talk about that. So I, I pitched that as an idea, and now it's going to be a 30-minute talk on Tuesday. Wonderful. So it's how to survive when, when you're <laughs> the, the only one. Well, thank you so much, Bonnie. Thank you. You can learn more about Bonnie Bogovich and find all kinds of links to her projects at patreon.com slash level. So, have you played Not a Hero yet? Uh, first of all, they're not sponsoring. We're, this is nothing like that. We just love the game. 
and want everybody to play it. No money has changed hands. No conversations have been had. We just think this game is amazing. It came out in 2015, so it's been around a while, but we discovered it just because it's free for PlayStation Plus members this month. It's also on Steam and Xbox, so, you know, you can play it on other types of gaming instruments, if you will. It's made by Roll7. Those are the people that did Ollie Ollie, just for some context, published by Devolver. We have had so much fun playing this game. Really, seriously, it's just been a lot of fun. That's kind of all we have to say. This is why we don't do reviews. Go check out Not A Hero. We've had a blast with it. Thanks for listening to episode 60 of Level with Emily Reese. You can help us out by becoming a patron for as little as $1 a month at patreon.com slash level. I'm Emily Reese. Sam Keenan is our producer. Say hi, Sam. Hello. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Level with Emily. Level with Emily Reese is a production of June Media Inc. Learn more at june-media.com. And remember, June is J-O-O-N. <laughs>